0: Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Men in Blazers ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the app today. Price Picks is the easiest, the most exciting way to get in on the action while you watch your favorite sports and players. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Download the app today. Use code MIB for a first deposit match of up to $100.
1: During Dell TechFest, score game-changing innovations with limited-time deals on select next-gen Alienware gaming tech. New dimensions await with advanced gaming systems like the Alienware M18 laptop powered by an Intel Core i9 processor featuring awe-inspiring visuals, liquid cooling, three-dimensional audio with Dolby Atmos and impressive overclocking potential. Your dream setup, amazing prices and free shipping await you for a limited time only at Alienware.com deals. That's Alienware.com deals.
2: This is Rebecca Lowe, or Rebecca Lua, if you listen to Suboptimal Radio, and you are listening to Men in Blazers on the NBC Sports Network. It's
1: unbelievable! From the Embassy Row studios in the crap part of Bedford, New York, the crap part of West Hollywood, California, IA, it's a Men in Blazers Spotify green room.
0: Mate, it's been one of those days.
1: It is our weekly Spotify green room, watch every Wednesday at 7pm during the Premier League season. We'll be here to break down all the midweek narrative. For those of you GFOPs joining here on Green Room, Roger's like an elf making toys in the background. Start asking your questions in the chat right now and we'll pull you up on stage later in the show to hear from you. For those of you listening to this on a delay, if you don't Green Room, do you even Martinelli? The only way to actually participate in the pod is to join us here on green room let's kick this off with a toast
0: god it is so lovely to be with you all on such a awful 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 day not um, you know arsenal fans not so terrible for you it's an incredible it's not quite the florida cup but fourth place it is like a trophy i'm so grateful to end the night uh, after this day, which is like being absolutely battered um, in a way only Rafa Benitez could probably relate to, but it is a joy to be with you. Kunigwe. I want to raise my bud fan, blood fan to Cunaguerro, who I'm sure you're all aware retired this morning in tears, in agony, uh, with true human repose, with a horror which has knocked him out of the game after 16 seasons, 379 goals. It was honestly so hard to kick off the morning watching this beautiful, heartbroken human being speak with such pathos and beauty. When I first touched a ball, my dream was to play in a top division. I never thought I'd get to Europe. So I just want to show my gratitude Is what he said. But my God, I was just reminded of that period, 2008, when he arrived at Manchester City with Vincent Company, Zabs, David Silva, Aguero, the rest, even Millie. Millie was then about 42 uh, back in 2008. And they were all so profoundly transformative, not just for Manchester City, but bloody hell, if ever, for Manchester City. But for the Premier League that we watch and love, and gotta respect when you hear that list: Abs, Torre Aguero, David Silva, and Gareth Barry, also just the precision, the strategy of uh, of Manchester City compared to Newcastle. Right um, in that moment, the glory that ensued. But that moment, that goal, that title um, was the one the moment which helped the Premier League breakthrough in the United States and created millions of new football fans, um, some of whom are listening to me, swear and stagger around this green room tonight. Aguero, David.
1: Yeah. Amazing, amazing player. Um, you know, he just was fortunate to see him play live. What a specimen, what an athlete, what a determined character. Uh, just a superb, superb footballer. Television never did him justice, even uh, though he gave us some pretty amazing moments of television as
0: well. Yeah, I mean, just okay, those, those lines from Martin Tyler, Aguero, I swear you'll never see anything like this ever again. So watch mm-hmm. it, drink it in. I mean, that is incredible. That's well, the second most beautiful thing Martin Tyler's ever said, uh, after apart from his orgasm, after... The Gray Grego. It is, it is a beautiful <laughs> thing. We've got a lot to get through. Pour your questions in to the comments and we'll dabble in all of them, Dave. Oh, but take us take us through the headlines.
1: Yeah, to the football. It was the night before El Blazer recover. Oh. We are just one sleep before my Chelsea play your Everton. A game that we will watch together, Rog, along with GFOPs live on Twitch. All of the information you need to know is on twitch.tv slash meninblazers. Give us a follow. Get involved. Rog, I don't really need to ask you. How are you feeling ahead of tomorrow's game?
0: God, I mean, I can't remember. We talked about doing this Twitch thing ages and ages ago. Book the dates, they said. It's going to be great, they said. It's going to be outblazed, Zerica. What could be better, they said. Oh, I just penciled it into my diary. And now we have lost seven out of the last 10 games. And I have to wake up tomorrow morning and live 90 minutes with you. And... With special guest, Larry Nance. Oh, the great Samuel T. Herring from Future Islands. A, a, a blue and a bluer. A Chelsea fan a through and through and proper, proper Everton. Um, and we're going to watch an Everton that lost 7 out of 10. We're going to probably be without, uh, definitely be without Rich Jarlison, without Calvert-Lewin, without Andros Townsend, who's broken a tiny bone. Seamus Coleman is almost certainly out. Uh, Mina is out, Alan is out, Davis is out. I may well be bloody playing. Dini has got a, quote, mystery illness. He's sick. He's sick of bloody Rafa. He's sick of Rafa. (laughs) Yeah, a guy had an Irish friend, uh, Mo, a friend of Jamie's, actually, at university. And I remember him calling his mother. He had, like, laryngitis or something. And he phoned his mum and he said, I'm sick, Ma, I'm sick. And his mother, who's on loudspeaker, just goes, and I'm sick too, Morris. I'm sick of your moaning, which is just uh, probably what Lucas Digne is uh, with Rafa Benitez. I'm going to be playing, I think, David. That is it. We are, we are, we are in the Chicago Bull territory of having no players, and it's going to be 90 minutes live on Twitch with you laughing and me crying. Well,
1: I mean, not necessarily true, Rod. You know, Everton have been playing badly before and <laughs> yes. an El and they've they've done well against Chelsea. Um and Chelsea are playing pro- probably as badly as they've been playing under Tuchel and you know not in great form going into this El Blaze Zericho. Anything could happen, Rog. Anything oh. could happen.
0: I love that that's your case to bolster my confidence. Everton have been playing badly before you could have just stopped there. You could have just stopped there. It is honestly Dave a joy to be able to take to this platform. It is something that we've been thinking about for a long time. A lot of GFOPs have said, we'd love to watch a game with the both of you. We'd love to take it. And we, we'd love it, you know, to be able to revel in the in the, the the highs of the game, the lows, the lower lows, the levels of low that you didn't even know were possible that we'll probably also um, get to watch together tomorrow. But to, you know, this game increasingly COVID, I mean, it's bloody great it's happening at all, the game. Let's be candid a bit, uh, in terms of the schedule and where it's being battered. But football, just this joy that allows us to feel things, this joy that allows us to connect to things, this joy that allows us to connect to each other, to be able to do it in-game during the game with you, devo with our guests, with our GFOPs who can really actively participate. We're going to learn a lot tomorrow uh, about this platform and we can't wait to be with you.
1: Yeah. Absolutely, Rog. I can't wait for it.
0: And we're going to be um, doing it again on Sunday, Liverpool against Tottenham Hotspur. Um, and by the way, we also have a television show tomorrow, 5.30pm Eastern Time on NBCSN. It's only got Matthew McConaughey on it, David.
1: Oh, fine booking, Rog. It's got you, most importantly. That's the um, most part of it all. You mentioned COVID, Rog, and uh, not all of the midweek Premier League fixtures have gone ahead as scheduled. Both uh, today's Burnley versus Watford game and yesterday's Man United versus Brentford game had to be postponed because of COVID.
0: It's a dark, wings, dark uh words time. Um, you know, every culture's COVID reality is different and you can't project through what we're grappling with here with what's going on in Britain and, and in parts of Britain. It feels almost like uh, this time, uh, 14, 15 months ago in terms of the double... Uh, hit that they're still gra- uh, grappling with with the Delta variant and are now being hit by the new um, reality it is a it is a true to challenge and you've seen games I mean Spurs absolutely reeling Manchester United's game was knocked out 42 Premier League players uh, tested positive for COVID I found it fascinating yesterday David I and mean, there are going to be games off I feel terrible for uh, Burnley and Watford fans who You know, particularly the away fans, the game was cancelled in two and a half hours uh, before kickoff. Just absolutely brutal. Stevie G, fascinating Davo, said that Aston Villa will take a player's vaccine status into consideration this January when they're drawing uh, their list of transfer targets, which is really, really a fascinating insight into just how long haul um, the Premier League um, transfer rooms are looking at this. Um, and it's more than an interruption. It's almost becoming just a state of being. But again, Jurgen Klopp delivered a message more succinctly than most global leaders when he said this morning that the whole vaccination thing is just a question of loyalty, solidarity and togetherness. Everyone working at the training ground is at least double vaccinated and will get a booster as soon as possible. But that, David, vaccination is just a matter of loyalty, solidarity and togetherness is really beautiful.
1: Yeah, Jurgen Klopp taken a uh, very public stand. Um, Very few other managers in global football um, or global sport actually have done the same. Um, Interesting to hear. Okay, as for the games that did go ahead, Rog, Obelis Arsenal defeated David Moyes' West Ham, 2-0 behind goals from Martinelli <laughs> and Emil Smith's row today to leapfrog the Irons into fourth place.
0: God, you know, huge, huge joy. And I'd love to hear um, Arsenal fans amongst you in this green room how you're feeling. You know, particularly if you were Arteta out for reels earlier in the season, how you are feeling now. Fourth place. I mean, it isn't the Florida Cup, it's not a big, you know, trophy, but the fourth place trophy. Wolf-Ross-N. It's big. It's big, right? And they've got... Um, Producer Jonah, big, big gunner, uh, uh, texted me the final score where on um, uh, NBC where it says underneath the place of the team. And it said, Arsenal 2, West Ham nil, And it said underneath Arsenal, fourth place. He said, it feels like a bloody trophy, Davo. And it was... It is amazing. West Ham centre-back black hole violated by... I think Otessa called him a proud and energetic... Arsenal, this was an impressive win. Yes, a terrible red card call reduced West Ham to 10 men. Yes, Lacombe missed the resulting penalty. Ball don't lie. Arsenal's third straight penalty miss. But, my God, Martinelli, that goal, over who? Um, and you look at Arsenal now. their schedule, they run a three winnable games against Leeds, Norwich, Wolves, Beckons before Manchester City on New Year's Day. And you've got to ask yourself, how does a team, Dave, go from looking like they just heard about football when they played against Everton a week ago last Monday to turn in a performance like this. I just don't understand it.
1: Well, yeah, they clearly don't like playing teams from Liverpool. Um, (laughs) Terrible results against Everton and that thrashing by Liverpool. Other than that, they've been playing some pretty useful football. I think they got a little fortunate today. I think they met West Ham at the right time um, with, as you said, their centre-back crisis. I think the red card was a little fortunate, but you know, you've got to hand it to Arteta with all of that pressure on him. And it really was on him at the beginning of the season. You're not joking with the, about the number of Arsenal fans uh, who were talking about Arteta out. Um, he's turned it around. and He's got that young team uh, playing very good football and a very different kind of football than we've seen um, from North London or from the red side of North London over the last few years.
0: I feel for West Ham fans, and West Ham fans, if you are in this green room, I really do feel for you. Such a buoyant buoyance about your team, and Moyes post-game, very honest, just with his size of squad, with the injuries they've had, particularly to the depleted centre-back um, position, just almost a bridge too far. Honestly, like Moyes and Everton, when he got them going well, we would just lose one player after another, and it was like watching a wagon just lose wheel after wheel and lose its momentum. And it is absolutely agonising. Quick note for Arsenal fans, because you can't have it all beautiful. The ongoing Obama-Yang saga, which makes these wins even more impressive. The Arsenal captaincy, the spinal tap drummer of football position. Remember, Obert is the guy who replaced the guy uh, who had the captaincy stripped from him, Xhaka, yeah. And uh, just now a lot to try to work out what to do with this human being who's on huge wages, which are a massive complication. He won't take a pay cut. It's almost an Ozal sit you at Rick Liebing a GFOP tweeted us. Question To what degree do the Premier League script writers, work directly with the Amazon All or Nothing production team? Am I showing they showed Amazon the season narrative for Arsenal before Amazon chose the Gunners?
1: Yeah, I mean, they had to pitch the idea. Or they had to pitch the season uh, to get it in, and they probably had to send story concepts. Storyboards. Episode-by-episode uh, episode episode plot lines uh, yeah. to show the character arcs, probably. A few surprises, what they were going to do during sweeps periods.
0: Um, Gunnosaurus love interest. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've got to say, there's certain actors I'm like, please don't show us a sexy. Gunnosaurus would not be in that category. The only person who is in that category is obviously Roger Bennett. But it's fascinating. Unless he's recalled to face Leeds or Norwich in the next 12 days, there is the possibility Uber will not be available again until Gabon complete participation in in the Africa Cup of Nations, which means essentially he's going to miss their next seven Premier League games. We may not see Uber sliding in the field again until February. Wow.
1: Okay, another midweek action, Rod Wolves. Beat Brighton 1 0. Ralph Hampton and Palace played to a 2 2 draw. And I,
0: brother, game. scored.
1: Yeah, one of them. Both those games <laughs> were this evening. And yesterday, Stevie G's Villa saw off Dean Smith, former Villa manager, of course, his Norwich side, uh, beat them 2 0. And in a result that felt like a real marker in the title race, Man City uh, beat Leeds United. Bielsa should have just hit under his bucket with this one, Roger.
0: Kind of. Bielsa wasn't coaching Leeds, it could have been worse, is the honesty. I mean, you look at these statistics, 64% possession to 36%, 31 shots for City, 31 to 6. I mean, it was an absolute obliteration, so dominant. Even Jack Grealish scored, David. Got a little header. I think it was his Mm. first ever headed goal uh, in the Premier League. But that kind of stomped down that kind of stomp down, someone in the Premier League has got to start looking at ways down the road to deal with this, just, just this deep, deep... I mean, if you watch the game, it was as close to watching a featherweight get in the, wing, the ring with a, 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 just a contending heavyweight. It was just a, such a mismatch, David. I don't know. I mean, you were a Chelsea fan, so I'm fascinated from your perspective in terms of just the balance of play, how you. Are you just like, this is great, this is, you know, this is a golden era of just unbelievable football, or are you like, down the road, this is going to get not good?
2: Um,
1: you know, look, I think that, that things have to go your way. I mean, you're right, it could have been, the score could have been even higher, but things do have to go your way um, to win 7-0 in the Premier League, and your opposition have to play pretty badly to allow you to beat them that badly. Let's not forget, this was a Leeds team who went off Against Chelsea at the weekend, and probably were unlucky not to beat them, uh, you know desperately unlucky not to get a draw, I might have beaten them in that game, so they 're not like so far away from the big boys. Chelsea is certainly one of the big boys you can 't sort of plead poverty in their race against man City. It does remind me it does remind me when you were talking about it though, rog, that roger it 's a little like when Tiger was so dominant in golf, and they taught, they they, uh, they talked about tiger proofing golf courses, you know lengthening them out so that uh, Tiger's long drive wouldn't affect as much. But what they realise is immediately he could still drive it further, or if they put in a lot of rough, he could still hit it into the rough further and use a wedge out of it. You know, whatever changes they make, it feels like, how are you going to stop the oil money and the petrol dollars um, from really beating everybody else? It's going to be very hard.
0: Not you, Newcastle United.
1: No, no, definitely doesn't apply to Newcastle. Uh, OK, Rog, do you want to get to the Q&A portion of the show?
0: We've got Spurs set to play Leicester
1: tomorrow. Oh, we do have that, you're right.
0: A lot of the news out of Tottenham this week. I find this truly sad, David, involves, I guess you call him former child star, Delhi, who <laughs> um, reports, same as David Ornstein, who reported it, Tottenham are willing to shift Delhi surplus to requirements. Um on loan, and he's still so young, he is you know the memory is still so fresh of this I mean we had him on the show when he was early twenties. he just scored that goal against Crystal Palace um you know, he talked to him with joy about the thrill of the nutmeg he took that so bloody seriously. He was just a superlative street baller with incredible swagger and an upside that was you know, to the moon. And to see him now, this sudden figure, um, with a deterioration that predated Jose Mourinho, but my God was accelerated in just into a negative spiral from the Mourinho deal with the devil. I, I find it just humanly, not footballing David, and I know Arsenal fans, you won't be you will just be fingers in the ears, just la, 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 la. Well, we talk about this for a moment. I find him just such a humanly he, cautionary tale, David. I find it almost devastating.
1: There's also this odd thing going on in football, Rog, which is, you know, football goes through trends. And right now the trend is that, you know, creative players tend to play very wide in the Premier League and in European football. And Delhi always has sort of played as a real number 10, has played centrally. But playing behind, you know, Harry Kane, one assumes, behind Lucas Murrah, Um, you know, Son seems to sort of come from the wings a little bit more. But where would he fit in in another team? Take your Everton. You'd probably bite your arm off for Delhi. But where would he play? Where would he fit in?
0: Probably centre-back for Everton. I mean, we could do a
1: job there with I mean, Mina. The, the dances.
0: Would oh be my awesome. god, the offside goal sellies would be yeah. would be tens. I think you yeah, know, I uh, honestly the uh, the decision tree for Everton right now and footballers is does he have a pulse? Yes, no, if yes, straight into the starting eleven. So it's very hard for me to see that in a balanced fashion. I don't know where Delhi go, goes. I mean in the old days when those were Premier League teams, Delhi would have ended up at Sunderland. Or Fulham or West Brom, a team that was really on the cusp that wanted to take uh, um, a creative chance. I don't know what he does. I just find it just a human bog, just a human sadness. This character of mer- a troublemaking, mirthful figure who was like the archetype of the prankster, just to see him absolutely humanly devastated and crapped upon, I find I find really. I find soul crushing. So lift us up, David. Let's go into the Q&A. Less of us, less of Delhi. For the moment, let's let Delhi work on Delhi. Let's let us work on the Q&A.
1: Oh, well, as you know, I love a bit of Q&A, Roger, It's my day job. Uh, we're going to call uh, you GFOPs up onto the stage, invite you to speak when you move to the stage. Please just remember, stay muted until we call on you. And a reminder to everyone listening, the only way you can ask a question is to <laughs> join us here on The Green Room. Roger? Who is up first?
0: Oh, come be with us, GFOPs. Come lift our spirits. I've got to say, I was feeling, I don't know if you noticed, I was feeling quite dark and rotten (laughs) and just (laughs) overwhelmed, overwhelmed by by a day which was a little bit like being pulled behind a truck that was trying to fling me off the back of it constantly. Uh, I held on. We're here. And Dave, you've already lifted my spirits. Let's go further. Oh, let's bring on. Come be with us. The great Jeremy Walton, where are you and what's your question?
2: Hey, Raj and Davo. It's Jeremy from Baltimore, Maryland.
0: We love Baltimore, Maryland. An incredible stealth Premier League city. Samuel T. Herring's hometown, adopted hometown anyway. You are always welcome. Who's your team, Jeremy?
2: So I'm actually a Manchester City fan, but I'm also an Everton fan now because of you.
0: You're a great human being. Do oh, not be like me. Be more like David. And Don't be like me, Jeremy. What I'm begging you, run for them hills. I just, <laughs> we, we we had a chat this, uh, this evening, this week before we got on this, with Tommy Vito uh, from Pod Saves America, who I God I made an Everton fan, and he's a very passionate man, and he takes things super seriously. And this is the first time I've spoken to him since I interviewed Rafa and in Everton. They went into a tailspin. And I just felt like I'd done something terrible to the man. Just something a guy I'm very fond of that I'd done, I did. But I thought I'd introduce him to a joy, and instead I gave him a bag of <laughs> shit, jeremy walton. What is your question?
2: Well, I've been listening to you guys for about eight years now, so it's uh, been a slow, steady process <laughs> of you converting me. <laughs> <laughs> um, my question is: Do you think Rod or um, Rafa is going to make it to the end of the season? Oh, they,
0: uh, for an objective uh, <laughs> read on this. What about don't lifting do? your mood. When, when we go to, for, um, what, for, let's go to our objective broad, uh, broadcaster, Michael Davis, for your read on that before I really lead you into Dante's circles of help, Jeremy.
1: Yeah, I think it's difficult because, you know, Rafa went to Everton because they couldn't really figure out any other options that would, please their fan base, any available options that would satisfy their fan base. And on the back of Rafa, (laughs) I think it will be even harder. I mean, I've suggested Roger and I've talked about this on the pod a number of times. And I've said, well, maybe it goes back to big dunk um, who did quite a good job as caretaker manager. uh, The last time he tried it, but I don't know what Everton do. And I think they'd have to have a plan to move on. Look, we're not, we're not big
0: on plans, Davy.
1: I think Everton are going to be just, Fine. I think they're in a they're in a bit of a funk. I still think they're dangerous. I can tell you, as a Chelsea fan, I'm worried about this uh tomorrow. I don't care about it quite as much as you do, Rog, but I'm worried about it. I don't want to lose to Everton uh on national Twitch, on national internet. Uh it would be terribly <laughs> embarrassing. But and I'm worried about it. I still think Everton have great players and I think they still present prevent uh present threats even with um that massive injury list. So um, let's see where it goes. I think Rafa could just hold on. I've said a lot. Possession is nine-tenths of the law. Yes, I said about Ole and Ole went. Um, but look, Arteta held on during some very, very dark times at Arsenal at the beginning of the season. Um, let's just see where it goes.
0: Here's what I would say, Jeremy Walton, and I love Dave O's uh, thoughtful read. The re- We interviewed John Oliver this morning for our ninth annual John Oliver Boxing Day special, and I asked him what he felt, what he thought when he first heard Rafa Benitez was crossing Stanley Park to become Everton manager, and he said, well, "What's that drug, Invectamin, or whatever it's called?" He, yeah. said, he, he said he thought he said he thought exactly the same that when he heard first talk of the the uh, the horse feed Invectamin solving COVID, he just said. No. No. It's just wrong. It's just that abhorrently, ridiculously stupid. They won't do it. You wouldn't take your horse They vector him, would you? Um, and that's where he put it. And I've got to say, I felt that too. And the inbuilt ridiculousness to it was known from the start. And it was a gamble. It was a, there was a chance if he won them had run off uh, victory after victory, it would go well. But Yeah, it was a kind of idea you heard about. It was like, oh, my God, I'm going to crash this car into the wall. What do you think? And you'd be like, yeah, probably don't do that. Chances of that being great are very, very slim. Um, But you have to know the people that made that decision are the ones that made the decision about whether he makes it to the end of the season, as your question. And the thing I think that keeps him in the job is we have had, what is it, six managers in five seasons, there's a fatigue. We've tried every of it. We've gone for the big, you know, the old classic thing. We've gone for the hip new thing. The hot new thing. We've tried the, the the grimy, grubby, pie eating thing that really doesn't care about football but likes pies but will keep you up. You know, we've done we've done many, many things. I don't know what else we we try and do. And I think that almost a lack of ideas. It's a bit like you know, Jeremy Strong. Kendall Roy, what do you keep doing with this character when you've done all you can? Do you kill him off? Do you not kill him off? How do you keep... You know, I kind of feel like we've run out of ideas for the character that is Everton manager. And that, it's almost inertia right now. And that's what terrifies me. So in a healthy system, we would say, no, he won't make it to the end of the season. But it's almost a horror that we realise we how unhealthy we are. He will make it to the end of the season. And once again, Bruce Arena brooding over the dark night, waiting for the bat signal to rise up from Everton um, that he can respond to to save democracy, to save to save the world, will not come. and I believe Rafa, for good or for bad, almost certainly for bad, will still be Everton manager come the Everton end of the season. God, that was much darker even than I imagined. Jeremy Walton, stay the course. It's a long game. We're in it for the long call, Jeremy Wolf I didn't mean to bring you down. I'm sorry. <laughs> God bless you. Madeline Hughes has just brought me up. She, in the chat, she says, Solomon Rondon is on a goal streak. That's what she calls it, a goal love streak. It. I love that. A goal. There. It's not even a one goal. It's just a goal streak. <laughs> Chelsea should be worried. God bless you. Maybe Madeline they should
2: go out there with lacrosse sticks.
0: Or, oh, that's what Bruce would do. He'd be like, guys. Yeah. What, what did you say, Bruce says, David? Cradle the ball. Cradle the ball. Cradle cradle, it, cradle
1: it. <laughs> Defenders, long sticks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> forward, short sticks. Jerry get your sticks. helmets, get your pads. <laughs> Guys, today's hidden practice. God love. It works. It works. It works. Let us bring up the great Glenn Dowling. Come be with us. What's your question? Where are you from? glen dowling i'm playing the glen dowling jingle glen dowling is playing hard to get for us david glen if you're there uh, hello glen i love your icon what is that icon war (laughs) pigs
3: i worked at a company that made uh yeast for brewing and so uh a connection used the yeast and uh in uh, denmark and their place was war pigs brew pub in denmark
0: oh I, I both love that i'm also texting our lawyers even as we speak david we're suing but come be with as us. you should do what <laughs> where, where are you glenn
3: so i live in san diego
0: home of alex morgan
3: yeah she doesn't return my calls anymore um <laughs> so i had many questions uh which question should i ask
0: the seventh one. We like the seventh
3: one. Oh, uh, the seventh one was a good one. I think it was, does the ball move past Jordan Pickford or does Jordan Pickford move past the ball? <laughs> sort of like a physics <laughs> question. That's such a deep really, question. Yeah, that's, a,
1: that's a question about time and space and dimension yes. and dimension. Yeah. Uh, which is interesting. I mean, of course it does both. Um, Jordan Pickford is very, very good at moving past the ball. <laughs> and the ball is very very good at moving past Jordan Pickford um a very different goalie in an Everton shirt this isn't a national team jersey that of course is also about time and space um but I always feel bad after we've had a little Jordan Pickford session Roger I always feel bad because you know it's this Augustus Caesar stuff right he is just a phenomenal goalkeeper he would not be you know representing his country playing for everton football club were he not absolutely incredible he uh is an athlete he can dive he has resilience you see him making outstanding saves all season so i always feel like we're a little bit unkind to him um but there is something somewhat comical about him as a goalkeeper um just watching balls fly past him the whole time
0: you know, I um, I love Glenn Dowling. Can I ask you one favor? Can you put yourself on mute for a sec? Because we're just rocking with the jukebox that you're standing right Oh, yeah, yeah. I Sorry. I love Very a big jukebox. I All right, love muting. Muting, good... <laughs> Glenn Dowling. You can come on any time. you beautiful hearing. I love your question. Does the ball move past Pickford or does Pickford move past the ball? Because it's like the most zen question that I have ever um, – thought about either a zen question or the name of the next lc uh, lcd sound system album um but the reality is this i i when i try and think about that it does bend my mind in every way and i wonder whether you're hinting if um if uh, John pickford is actually some kind of a a deep born again buddha figure i can imagine i like to think of him waking up and saying to himself each morning we are born again what we do today is what matters most. And his job is not to keep out goals, but to utterly dispense um, Karmic wisdom in every regard. And I adore that. I honestly think he's a fantastic goalkeeper. I think his distribution is amazing. I think that um, if I do often wonder if Jordan Pickford was at a bloody good team, how good could he be? And I think that you know, with Everton, ultimately... We our backline buckles so regularly, so often, and for a goalkeeper, you know the quality of shots that he's exposed to, the number of goals he lets in, it just builds, it undermines, it destroys a a, a human being's confidence. We had him on the show last uh, year, and I was struck by his psychological honesty, and it's a side of the game that he's really working on. It actually made me. Speaking to him, spending time with him made me laugh less and admire him more. The tenacity, the fortitude, the perseverance that he shows. Tottenham are often in for Jordan Pickford. Um, And I I think ultimately he's a human being I would love. You know, the grafting, that's how he talks about his game, the grafting, I put in the graft. And I'd love that graft. He, He is a human being, Glenn Dowling that deserves his reward. And it's one of those players that I honestly think could be so much happier. Um, oh, <laughs> the other phrase, Jay, that just reminded me. He used about 87 times in our interview, hitting levels, trying to hit levels. That was like his answer to, 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 to many, many, many. I think he can probably hit better levels uh, than he currently is with us. And it pains me to, see, to say it, uh, but it's a, it could be a matter of another team And he could really, um, he could really, I mean, look at Ramsdale. He could really unlock um, a next level. Let us call up, let us call up a great friend of the pod, a wonderful human being, someone who brings us joy. Don Steele, come be with us. Hello, everyone. Donnie Steele, where are you? And what's your question, you beautiful human being?
4: I'm in the boogie down Bronx, which I assume is more of a rod city than a Davo city. (laughs)
0: <laughs> David's got some Bronx spots, haven't
4: you?
1: I think I probably I don't know. I hang out with quite a lot of people from the Bronx. It's my girlfriend's family are from up there. Um
4: well next time I, you're up come some hello at, at the uh, at the glorious yacht club. We'll love to have you.
1: Oh, well the yacht <laughs> club sounds peak Davao.
4: That's that's peak Davao. <laughs> I actually thought about this. I actually did a little math on this and I I'm I think that Davo cities are Formula 1 cities. And Rod cities are NASCAR cities. That's my kind of working premise right now.
0: Uh, oh my God, that is um that is uh, a p that is a PhD um that is a Rogers, PhD-
1: NASCAR Martinsville Virginia yeah would yeah. be great in these places Rod you
0: would <laughs> love Martinsville <laughs> Virginia <laughs> but honestly bite your arm off to go to Martinsville Virginia
4: David. Dave Dave you could Dave oh, you could be in Abu Dhabi and just like doing it up and whatever
0: oh my um, God do I get Talladega?
4: Yeah, absolutely, yeah. 100%. Oh, mate,
0: I don't need to know anymore. I'm 100%. But here. but
4: Las Vegas is the is the one in question, I think.
0: I think That's Roger's a, day, a little mate.
1: bit more indie car. He's a little bit more IndyCar.
0: He but, likes those cities. Just to be clear, I'm not I'm not really that into cars. Roger, this isn't about. You don't need to be in cars. cars. It's not about cars. It's food.
4: It's food and and stuff like that.
0: I, um, I, I also want to make it clear, Benny is a big NASCAR fan. <laughs> <laughs>
4: So, um, I had a uh, one of those like uh, Instagram and Facebook memories from about a couple days ago, and it was from eight years ago when it was the Men in Blazers Panto, which was the first time <laughs> I met the glorious, the glorious Jason Kennedy, as we all. It was one of the greatest people of all time. Memories and and my, I don't really have a question for you, but I would like to ex- you guys to explain to the men and blazers universe who what a, what a panto is and why in <laughs> 1978 seeing rod hole and emu do a panto was like the greatest thing ever. So anyway, I love you guys. Thank you so much. I wish you the happiest of holidays. I miss you. I hope you like my new icon. Cause the only reason I come in green room is for you guys. And uh, I will talk to you soon.
0: It's Steele. you're a beautiful human being. We do wish you and all steals. Donnie Steele's son played football um, with my second son. Uh, he was already a long time GFOP and it gave me great joy. Always gives me great joy to watch my kids play sports. But to stand by Donnie Steele and to be able to shoot the crap and watch both of our kids play sports was a, something I missed terribly. But Devo, what is a pantake? And, and why I do mean, you, did you, you grow you,
1: up did you grow up going to Pantos? Of
0: course I did. I mean they're yeah. they they're, they're a very English tradition that doesn't translate through to, but when we did our first live show, it was actually Dave's idea. Um, and he's gonna explain what a panto is now, but he's like let's call it the men in, <laughs> let's call it the men in Blazers Panto. And we're like, Cool, <laughs> we'll do it. Just I don't even
1: remember that. I the, the, When Don was talking, I I was thinking, what on earth is he talking about? You've just reminded me. The only reason I I know. The only
0: reason I know. God bless. Is because I was home in England two weeks ago, and my dad over his (laughs) desk has uh, has a photo. My dad has a massive photo of uh, himself and my youngest Oz uh, first game of football away at Stoke City on a snowy, freezing day. And he has a second photo of my daughter Zion's first game of football, which I've talked a lot about, is Everton 4 Manchester United 0. Just all my kids and my dad going bonkers in the stands. And in between, Davio, he has the poster. is a great poster for the first Men in Blazers ever panto. And it says underneath an annual tradition. Of course, we've never done it again. Uh, it's a but good it, idea. I mean, was it was, it was leading oh.
1: up to Christmas. Yeah. It was on December, uh, whatever, 11th, 12th, something like that. <laughs> And it was uh, leading up to Christmas. And that's what happens in England, all, all over Britain, actually. You, um, you know, rep theatres all around the country you put on pantos. They get sort of B, maybe more like C or D celebrities to, go, <laughs> uh, to, to, to appear in them. And they put on these awful, awful Christmas <laughs> plays. Where uh where the bad guy is always he's behind you he's behind you just so many bad jokes and terrible references.
0: It's like fairy tales. Like there's there's four or five of them. It's like Aladdin could be one or yeah. I don't know what others are. It's always Aladdin. Singing Beauty was and, one. Aladdin is definitely. And it, one. it would tend to be the American equivalent would be booking like minor stars from daytime soap. Opera. There's always some. There's someone above the line like a famous person. Like so who would. So like someone like who who would be in one in, from an American perspective David would be the above the line talent just to be like Ricky, Ricky oh, Lake it, it, or something it, yeah
1: or it would be like one of you know an, an early bachelor or, yes. uh, or or survivor contestant is what would happen in in, in our form
0: of Billy, Z- Billy Zane would be massive in pantos <laughs> if there was an American tradition and then the rest is just filling out the cast with like with people who are like in, here it would be the equivalent of like puck from the real world he'd still be going in the panties and they all have yeah massive they all have different roles and um and and essentially it's something grandparents take their kids to right it's a multi-generational experience yeah
1: it is it's a multi-generational experience there's always always ruined by some heckler in the audience (laughs) um but yeah terrible acting terrible production Uh, It's always a disorganized mess. It's
0: not like in the Men in Blazers live share, is it? No, nothing like it. Nothing like the professionalism of one of our live shows. This is, by
1: the way, it was a perfect thing. Why have we never done a panto? Thanks for the, thanks for the reminder. We'll do that again. That's more Team Devo Men in Blazers than it is Team (laughs) Rog.
0: Oh, no. I like,
1: I love the idea of another panto.
0: I mean, it's very wonderful. If we did a panto, we could, we would probably just, um, for 90 minutes on stage, relive um, Sean Deitch's fight with Jurgen Klopp or Arsene Wenger's tie fight with um, with Jose Mourinho. That would be the pantomime story that we would that we would live out. Don Steele, it's a beautiful memory. I want to be clear. We did the panto at Joe's Pub in New York City. We had no idea anyone was listening to the podcast when we started to do this thing. And to have them sell out, it was the second live show we'd ever done, it was so thrilling to commune with men in blazers listeners was utterly thrilling and now to be on the eve of of moving into twitch and doing it for reals on the regs is is really um is really joyous is uh, that that that's what i would say so i'm so bloody grateful uh in every regard for that memory what was
1: the first live show we ever did
0: um it was the Golden Blazer, Bob Lee. It was the Night of a Thousand Stars was the first one. Bob we Lee. that
1: before Joe's Pub.
0: Yeah. No, it was at Joe's Pub. Was the f- we, we were so blown away by Joe's Pub, which we did in like September, I think, that we did uh, it again. We then,
1: did we then book the Panther?
0: Yeah. So the first one we ever did, this is now such deep cuts for old school OG, GFOPs. Um, we did Night of a Thousand Stars, which was um, Bob Lee. Uh, we gave him the first Golden Blazer. It was a sequined affair. We brought off Amazon for $29.99. We had, we had Lexi Lalas played the guitar and sang. Um, and we had that person who was working on your show, um, got, gone wild, Crowd Gone Wild, the, the great person who was one of the talent the, from Sky Sports. What's that? Georgie. Oh, yeah, Georgie. Yeah, um, who told a hilarious story about a Chelsea midfielder who had a brother kidnapped and uh so she had him on sky sports news and he like pretended to cry but begging the the kidnappers to let him free and then during the commercial break just turned around to her and said "Do you want to go on a date?" <laughs> I remember that one. And then uh, we loved it so much we did neither uh, we did the Pante, which was with um which was with Rebecca Lowe? She was the star of that. She just became, yeah.
1: God, it's been. She's, she, uh, she's too big for Panto.
0: Yeah. Um, I bet you no one loves Panto more <laughs> than Rebecca Lowe. <Lure>. Look <laughs> at your started really Don Steele. Oh my that's God! A
1: really good call.
0: We're down the memory
1: hole. Love the Panto, Rebecca Lowe.
0: I bet you she does. Save us, Andrew Millington. Come be with us. Come be with us. What is your question? Hey guys. Uh, my question is Did you just take can... the garden shed, Andrew Millington?
4: Uh, allegedly.
0: That was a very dramatic entry yes. and I love it. Remind the audience where you're from, <laughs> you beautiful human being, and then let's dive in. I'm uh, from Corpus Christi right now, originally from Columbus, Ohio. Double C. You love the seas. What is your I question? Do. Columbus was better. Um, my question is Could David Moyes do with this
2: Everton what he did with West Ham? Like, aside from signing that Valium-filled tree that is Solomon Rondon, could he do this with Townsend, with Gray, with this squad as is? God.
0: That is such a good question. That is such a good question. Oh my God. I don't even have how to compute this. I mean, David Moyes. Whoa, this is a tough one. David, let me compute this in a proper way. What is your, um, I mean, there's not that much difference. I can only think of bubbles as the one difference between the two, David. Well, how would you answer that?
1: <laughs> I don't, I'm, I'm in the middle of texting Rebecca Lowe about Panto. I just wrote, quick question, Roger and I live on Spotify Premium. do you love Panto? And she just wrote back, Obs.
0: Oh, yeah, there you, go. there you go. That's genuinely probably one of the, Oh, my God, that's a frightening text to get. Do you love Panto? Uh, thank God she knows what Panto is. Thank <laughs> God she answered <laughs> of in the most remarkable way. Can we find out what Rebecca Lee's favourite Panto is? David? Oh yeah, text I just it. wrote.
1: Any memories sharing now? And there you go. I've got well, the uh, little dots, the thinking is, dots going.
0: Come to Green Room on Spotify for the hard-hitting breaking news <laughs> in the world of Panto. Dave David texts Rebecca Law. Millington has asked an incredible question. It's actually oh, Moyes. Really? Could Could Moyes do with Everton what he's doing with West Ham? That's a feat of levitation is implicit in the In the question, well, what one is
1: realizing
0: is that David Moyes did do that
1: feat of levitation uh, yeah. at Everton uh, back when he was there, the best manager they 've had
0: it's true, and I loved him, and he won many games and would always crap it against big teams and just do post match conferences where he 'd like look with his eyes bulging, just not quite sure why again, for the hundredth time he couldn 't beat Chelsea, but you know ultimately. I fear that David Moyes would do what he did with Sunderland, with Everton right now. Um you're right, he did do, he panted this methodology, this collective clenched fist of human wonder. Uh just making heroes out of otherwise ordinary players, turning players like Suchek into genuinely phenomenal players, Mikel Antonio into a world beater. Um but you know, ultimately, I think with corpses like Solomon Rondon, you kind of get what you get, and I'm not sure if any human being, um, unless they were a necromancer, could do could do much more. Right now, I think you can tell it's about my mindset. It's not only really about Moyes or Everton or whatever. I'm feeling quite bleak, um, and I'm not sure exactly who is the human being that could save Everton Football Club. We almost need to save ourselves from ourselves, Andrew Millington. And that is a that is a completely different reality. I guess I'm saying I'm crapping myself for the Twitch tomorrow. I really, really am. I don't even know what I'm going to wear. What are you going to wear, David?
1: I think I, I think you're probably hoping that Jeff Bezos watches us on Twitch and somehow ends up buying Everton, Roger. I think it's probably the best. Thing I've got. In, in that case, gonna,
0: in that case, I'm going to do it in, in the nude. That is the only way to woo that man. That's where his mind is right now. And by the way. I'm not saying Bruce Arena's just texted me, but I just got a text saying "Still waiting for that bat signal." Don't know what that means or who it's from. It's from a Boston area number, is all I will say. Come be with us. Wes Finch, I love that name. That's such an American. We don't have Wes Finches in England. Wes, <laughs> where got, are you from? And what's your question? Yes, a lot of them.
2: Hello, Raj. Hello, Dave. great! 14-year-old GFOP.
0: Yay! Wes Finch, where are you, mate?
2: Bloomington, Illinois, right next to Chicago.
0: Oh, who is your favorite football team, Wes Finch?
2: I am a Spurs fan. I was drawn by the magical light that soon evaporated right after I chose him to be the team. <laughs> I got the merch so I couldn't go back.
1: <laughs> oh, welcome to football Wes welcome
0: to football Oh, Wes Finch you are just the king one day both Davo and I will both be working for you and it will be incredible and when Wes Finch says Rog go and play in Panto I will play in Panto you are American Charlie as a red and we adore having you what is your question?
2: Rog you've always been so loyal to Everton yes. what if Everton vanished off the face of the earth who would be your new team?
0: Wes, did you say you're 14? Yes, I am. And you're asking just eviscerating questions that get just to the the heart. It's like speaking to a young Jake Tapper speaking to you, Wes Finch. (laughs) You're asking questions that have layers within layers. You're getting to my inner core. This is like, this is deep, deep. I'm going... I'd like to do a television show called Going Deep with Wes Finch, where you just ask brilliant questions of human beings. Say, it, Wes? The
1: Wes Finch show, it's already in development, uh, Roger, <laughs> Embassy Row. We love this. This is superb. Or we could pick it up for Men in Blazers. I
0: love oh, it. Wes, 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 Wes. What would you recommend? Can you make the case for me, Wes Finch? Because I've got to be candid. This is a longer answer than you really want. I'm going to keep it. I don't believe you can be hypothetical about history. Like Life is very long. There's lots of things that can happen. They all change each other. And I can only deal with what is. And I am Everton and they are me. So the what ifs, I don't really, I can't quite get my head around it. But I'm always open for advice. And particularly from someone (laughs) who is, I've got to tell you, just I know from your question, you're a bloody smart, creative. I bet you're a great writer, Wes Finch. I can't wait to read you what you're writing. whatever Whatever you're doing, keep doing it, mate. Keep trying things. Keep try pushing yourself keep creating things keep having ideas if this is the only time we chat and i hope it's not wes i do hope that you just keep doing what you keep being yourself i can tell i'm just hearing you you're a singular singular human being and i cannot wait and keep keep telling me what you're doing and what you're thinking email us at any time because i would love to hear from you i love your question what Thank would you, you re- what Thank would you, you recommend me. what would you recommend wes
2: I would recommend. I think you've suffered too long with Everton. <laughs> I think you should embrace the other side of Liverpool. I think you should go to Liverpool Football Club. <laughs> you have an amazing time. I Wes, mean, it might be you...
1: an interesting afternoon on the on the Bennett
0: family WhatsApp. Wes, what? Why would you do me like that?
2: Oh, did you? Oh, I'm sorry if you found that offending. I thought you would. Yeah. I thought you would welcome it.
0: It, it's a, it's genuinely it's a, like a... I can't even imagine that, Roger. I can imagine Benny Bennett as my alter ego, but that's even a, a line to offer. I would I say, mean, where's your yeah. city on the answer? I do. I look at... You've got a very soft spot for Tottenham. I do. I've got a soft spot. I've got a credit. What was it that drew you to Tottenham? Because I have a soft spot. Tottenham, to me, are the Everton of the South.
2: <laughs> I agree, except... No offense to Everton, but they don't lose. <laughs> Wes,
0: Wes, do you play chess?
2: Occasionally.
0: So you're like four missed- moves ahead of me every. You're four moves ahead of me every time. Just last one for you. What drew you to Tottenham Hotspur originally? Sorry, was I missed
2: that before. Um, I was drawn to Premier League by my dad, who is another great GFOP. He is in the chat right now. Go gem him up. Um, I I was watching Premier League when I think I started about three years ago. I wasn't a particular fan of any team. And then I saw Spurs and I saw Harry Kane. And I think he was just the right person. He was so English. And I know Raj, you as an Englishman, I read your book, by the way, idolizes Americans. And I think America secretly has they're secretly fond of English people.
0: So there's a lot, th- there are a lot of Anglophiles, Wes. There are a lot. All yeah. I can say is follow your dreams, whatever you dream, take them seriously, whatever you're passionate about in life, Wes, follow it absolutely and completely and keep in touch. Keep telling to, uh, my favorite thing that's happened to me today. And a lot of crazy stuff has happened. It's been quite overwhelming. Is uh, is Wes Finch saying, gem him up. I love <laughs> that. Gem <laughs> him up. I think I'll oh, um, well, be with us anytime, you beautiful human being. Hello to your dad. Hello to your whole family. We hope to be in Chicago um, on some national yeah. tour for the World Cup. And so we will and then meet up we'll
1: Bloomington, Roger. Yeah. Uh, important news: a yeah. quick panto update from yes. Rebecca Love. Please. No, no, no. She, going, no, no, no. no, no, no. <laughs> she would go every year to the Beck Theatre in Hayes, Roger, yeah. West London. All she wanted was to get picked go up on stage. It's yeah. was a bit when one of the characters, yeah. like a kid from the audience, remember that? Yeah. She always thought if she got picked, then she'd impress everyone so much from the stage with her stage skills that she would for sure, she wrote in caps, get an agent and end up as a kid star in Hollywood. And then she just wrote, <laughs> never got picked. Hence, why I'm not a Hollywood star? God, but that I'm is Beck a allure.
0: that's genuinely an amazing sliding door story. <laughs> Beck Lowe, the Drew Barrymore version of Beck's Lowe. I love the Becklow that we live and breathe. I'm so glad she didn't get picked. But by the way, the two Robbies would be awesome in panting. <laughs> We're going to take two more quick ones. Oh, no, they wouldn't. Oh, yes, they would. He's behind you. (laughs) It's Kyle Martino. (laughs) David Gilmore. We're going to take this too quickly. David, this deteriorates, David Gilmore can be the best one.
5: Hi, hi, gents. This is David Gilmore from Brooklyn, and I feel like I'm at the cavern, and the Beatles have just left, and my band, Fat Jimmy, and the Rhythm Pigs. (laughs) are due to take the stage after Mr. Wes here.
0: Uh, yeah, let's hear it for Wes again. Oh, my God. Jeremy, my is just genuinely one of the great, great moments in Spotify. So, history.
5: Yeah, a lovely, lovely uh, boy. Um, and I'd say a young man. So, Mike, I have two quick questions. One is, since it's, you know, the, this time of, this, of the year and it's the holidays, um, <laughs> the, the men in blazers have any kind of Christmas party that rivals Prime Minister Boris Johnson's. And my second question is: <laughs> oh my, my second oh my question God. is, this is for Davo. Um, with the January transfer window coming, are we going to see Pulisic move to a team where he can get more than um, mini sub minutes?
1: Well, I'll take the uh, second part of the question first, uh, Rog. We spoke about this with John Oliver uh, this morning. I mean, the problem is, is where does where does Christian go where he's at a good enough team, where he gets guaranteed minutes? Guaranteed minutes just don't happen at good teams anymore. Um, so it's tough. I'm, I'm interested to hear where you'd like to see him play and where you think he'd get significant minutes. I still think he's better off staying at Chelsea and waiting for... Um, to see if Tommy Tuchel is going to let him play a little bit more. Otherwise, I'd like to see him go in the summer um, and, you know, find a new team where he can play a preseason and, and get ready for the World Cup. What do you think about that?
5: Yeah, I think that's uh, that's reasonable. Um, I think he would – I think uh, they've got issues up front. Um uh, you know, uh, they, they, I think he would, he could get minutes there. I think there are a lot of teams he could get minutes for. They may not be the top four contenders. I know West Ham's just moved out, but, um, yeah, I think he's, he's, he's got potential there. I think he's got eyes on the continent, honestly, probably Barcelona. So. Um, there may I find, be I
0: find, I find that depressing, Dave. I mean, the reality is if Barcelona suddenly becomes the most American team of all time, just when it becomes the crappest team of all time, that would be that will be such a poison chalice for our nation to drink from. I mean, I also think that's our like agent talk. Like, it's a lot of briefing. It feels like a little bit of, like, the. Uh, Mo Salah did the same thing when he wanted a new contract with Liverpool. Real Madrid want me. None of those teams really have the finances. The the Barcelona and Real Madrid of our imagination are not what they are right now. And I, I do, I, I don't know where he goes. Uh, you know, the funny team is, the team that could really, I'd love to see him be at Aston Villa right now, spend some time with Stevie G. Uh, John McGinn propelling him forward and see what he could do with Ollie Watkins ahead of him um, you know it's always a link to Liverpool there's always a link to Klopp there's always that you know that he'd um, fit in there I mean there's such a deep irony we could talk about for great length I want to keep this brief but like he went to Chelsea at the time when we we're like don't go to Chelsea they don't breed young players and then he got bombarded by competition from young players by this new Chelsea and he proved himself over and over and over and there's just something, there's just a moment where a player's is like, okay, I'm kind of done. I've proven myself so many times, but I'm still having to prove myself again. Um, and I do, I think the next move is critical for him. It's critical for the United States program. He's a deeply competitive human being, not coming off the bench right now, is is must be killing him. And I just wish him at this dark time, you know, Christmas time, when he wants to be joyous and happy, um, I just hope that he's getting sage counsel and makes the next move that will thrill us in every way. In terms of the Christmas party, I've got to be candid, Dave Gilmore. We have worked so bloody. We are such a small team of human beings and we have worked so bloody hard in this past week where we've interviewed with Mark Cuban, um, with John Oliver, with, with so many people. that Some of the interviews, one McConaughey is going to wear on Thursday. We are so shattered that the most joyous party that we can, uh, we can have is just taking a pause and a brief break. And uh, and then in Stevie G's immortal words, we will reload and we will go again. I mean, it's a great group of human beings, a joyous group of human beings. We're with each other all the bloody time. We lift each other unbelievably. Um, but I will say having five days break is, is the party that I think all of our staff really want and cry out for right now we wish you joy dave gilmore be well be strong and we answer the last question of the day from the great jerome nelson come unload on us tell us where you are jerome um and then let's rock it it's jerome nelson using my mic my original mic come on jerome i'm going to gem you up while you're speaking Jerome Nelson. Jerome Nelson looks like he's doing some woodworking in his icon. So I've got a feeling <laughs> he may have his... I'm a bit worried he's got he's something caught in a voice. Jerome. Jerome's question, I do know what it is. So if Jerome cannot ask it, he's put himself on mute. He's got himself off again. mute. He's got himself some gems. Everyone on here, give him some gems. I think he's playing for gems. Jerome is getting gemmed up, man. He's just got four gems, probably from West. Where's he just flinging gems in his uh, general direction? In, in the
1: chat, it says he's talking.
0: Um, oh. So uh, he's talking. We can't oh hear God. you. Everyone's shouting, Jerome, I'm enjoying the chat. Jerome, says someone, exclamation mark, Glenn Dowling, you beautiful one. Jeremy Wall wants to say we can't hear you, bud. Uh, now they're trying to troubleshoot it. Turn your Bluetooth off, says somebody. Um, people are just throwing gems. Gems are not magical problems. Don't, gems don't solve real life <laughs> problems. Oh, what? Um, here's the story. Um, this is how we troubleshoot it, says <laughs> J Dubs. We shoot them in the comments. This is great. Here's his question. Jerome Nelson, imagine I'm using a different voice. Jerome, I know this is agony. Just be just be a um what's it called where someone puts their hand up someone else's back and talks. A ventriloquist. Yeah, my brain's. Totally <laughs> I didn't know sharp. where you were going
1: with that. Yeah, okay. I know, that's why I said it.
0: I knew your mind would go to something dark, and I don't want to know what that is, David. But his question is. Who's the Tom Wamsgams of the Premier League?
1: God, that's a good question.
0: Tom Wamsgams. We can't do spoilers in this, so I'm not going to go too deep on this. I'd say mm. I think you need to work backwards. I can tell you the actor who plays Tom Wamsgams is not a big football fan. Um, I'm just playing for time to give Davo's braid. Um, I mean, the first uh, person that came to my mind was Ralph Huston-Hustle.
1: Because I don't think it's a player. I don't think it's a player.
0: You don't. What about someone a team? Who, I think it's a team, isn't it? You uh, want to he's a, team. Who is the former voice of Hammond? So who is, the, who, is, who is the Tom Whampton, someone who's so crapped upon, taken as just an extra, overlook. I'm describing Everton, aren't I? I mean, essentially, Man City is so shiv so whoever they're playing is Tom Wamsgams on a weekly, weekly basis, Jerome Nelson. That's how I'd answer that. Jerome, I miss you. We don't know who you are. We don't know where you are. These are mysteries that will be solved in future green rooms. I don't know what you're doing. in your icon. You look like you're woodworking. Please email us. Tell us what you are doing. It's such a fascinating composition. You're like a 1950s human being who's planning suburban conurbations across America. The future is bright with Jerome Nelson. God bless you. How are you in Denver, Colorado? J-Dubs knows the facts. You know, the town that Lindsay Horan built. Come be with us, David. Take us out of here so that I can fall over uh, and, and just do do the best. A 1950s human being. That's you. You are Jerome Nelson. I love you. David, can you get us out of this? Because this is an agony for everyone listening at this point. Where's? Yep. you?
1: That is it for this Spotify <laughs> green room. A quick reminder that we will be on Twitch tomorrow live watching Elblazerico GFOPs. You can follow us. Just go to twitch.tv. Men in Blazers, mm-hmm. all of the information you need to know is right there on the page. Come
0: on, watch a grown man cry. After <laughs> <I'll
1: play Zerico. laughs> I won't be crying, Roger. We'll be on TV <laughs> with none other than Matthew McConaughey. Do not miss that,
0: rog, not Amazing. That's un- tomorrow, 5.30 p.m. on NBCSN after Just... Mika Motor Auctions. To bring uh, us home by the way I do need to say I said I don't like cars I do like Meek and Motor Auctions <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you don't <laughs> like racing
1: but you I like know. auctions
0: I'm not saying i would got a text from the person that owns NBCSM but I need to say I love Meek and Motor Auctions and also this is a text <laughs> so for they, you Christian you Pulisic they are <laughs> <laughs> what, Mika Motor Auctions or MBCSN? Yeah, Mika
1: Motor Auctions will never die, but MBCSN is going.
0: Mika Motor Auctions will live forever. Also, I got a, just got a text uh, for Christian Politic. if you're listening. It's from that 617 number that's sending out the bat single. I don't know who's sending you these texts, but it says, Christian, there's always a place for you at Revs. I don't know what that means. I'm going to raise this glass of Jägermeister. Oh, this bottle of human emotion up. It's not a glass anymore, it's a bottle. And I'll just say, today, my heart filled with joy when the NFL, Devo paired each of its um, teams with international markets so that they could really deepen their emotional connection. And do you know where the Chicago Bears market is? No, not Liverpool. It's England, mate. England, oh, Britain, United Kingdom, we do all of those. And I'll just say, it thrilled me, that news, because when I was a teenager, when I was Wes's age, actually, um, the Chicago Bears Super Bowl run changed my life. As a kid in Liverpool, it made me dream, Wes, I'm speaking to you. And I do believe that when the Chicago Bears win the Super Bowl next season, um, that glory will do the same now for thousands and thousands of kids across Britain. Courage. I've pity whoever got the Detroit Lions, by the way. Okay, Roger Venderpunt. War Pig! Was that a Rabona? I like microphones at work. Balls, balls <laughs> win. <laughs> Take that, Gloria.
5: Actually,
1: balls lose. <laughs> to tweed Abrogado, rock on mate.
0: To Wes. Oh, country, fine America. Love you, Dave. Eh?
1: Love you, Roger.
0: Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Men in Blazers ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com slash survey.
4: Okay, so if you had a time machine, how far mm-hmm. in time would you need to go back to be a dominant basketball player of that era?
1: <laughs> I need to go to when Bob Cousy was playing. Back I at, would,
4: in the plumber 27
1: days? 27-year-old Shea would give Bob Cousy the <laughs> business. He's not guarding <laughs> me.
4: Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion.
1: And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back we have a new podcast from wondering it's called six trophies and it's the best
4: each week shay and i are combing through all of the nba storylines finding the best most interesting most compelling ones and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities
1: Trophies like the Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short term decision with no regard for future consequence.
4: Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand.
1: Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh,
4: the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Six Trophies ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus.